We are part of the Fired Up Sports Network of shows. Please check out other Fired Up Sports Network podcasts like the P-Lot Pod, What Are Cooler Talk, Bell Smashers, Philly Sports Love and Pain, Drunk on Broad, Beer Battered Sports, and the Fired Up Sports Show, which are available on all major podcasting hosting sites and social media. Also, check out... Oh, sorry. We were trying to pretend to be the Phillies and just not show up. Uh, Eric, we were just talking before. Never did I ever think that I'd be sitting here on Friday, October 27th, having the Phillies funeral. Because, God damn it, that's what it felt like. It was, um, I felt like I was living in some, like, alternative universe. Like, it was like. All right, you know the 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 world that I feel like we're living in right now is very similar to the 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 Hill Valley of Back to the Future Part Two, where the casino comes in and just ruins the town. Except in this case, the Phillies play, played the role of the funeral, um, and I just I don't I I don't have a whole lot of words. Um, Mad, angry, sad, disappointed, frustrated, um, but most of all, just pissed. Just pissed because you lost to an inferior opponent. Um, and you know, last year was a little easier to swallow. You knew that you were going up against a juggernaut in the Astros, and you, and you got the pennant. You got to the World Series. But as great a season as they had, and as as many memorable moments that happened in, in the season, in the postseason. Um, this team is going with there's no there's no uh there's no end of the year t-shirt, there's no NLCS champs giveaway next year, there's no pennant, there's no flag, there's there's nothing. You you're walking away with nothing. Kind of like us. Talk talk to me here. Yeah, this one hurts. This one hurts. You said it. Um, you know, last year it was one thing, um, kind of playing with house money. You made it to a certain point. You make it all the way to the World Series. You're playing a really good team in, in the Astros. It hurt. You know, the Alvarez home run will kind of live rent-free in my head forever. However, I, I still, you know, could take solace in the fact that, you know, were they really supposed to be there last year? They played above where they were supposed to, and and it was a lot of fun. This year was a lot of fun until, what, earlier this week. Right. I mean, it was, it, 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 we, we left off after talking about the NLDS and, you know, our predictions were, you know, Phillies in five Phillies in six. Yeah. And at, after game two, I'm like, well, crap, are we both going to be wrong? Is it going to be four? 
Uh, and then I don't know what happened on that plane out to out to Arizona, but um, uh, the 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 switch flipped and uh, everything just went away. I mean, it, it's almost like watching. It was it, it's you know tale of two teams here. You have games one and two. It's like okay, I mean, do is this Diamondbacks team even supposed to be here? They made the adjustments. Give them all the credit in the world. I still think the Phillies were the better team. They didn't yeah. adjust. Uh, the Diamondbacks did. And you know what? You got to give props and credit where, where credit's due. Um, and, you know, that's that's the Diamondbacks. They they scuffled through everything. They played hard. They played gritty. We didn't. And now yeah. here we are. And like you said, like you said, it's uh, it's it's somber. It's, um, you know, it, it's, it's an end that I don't think anyone really saw coming. And I don't think anyone was ready for it. I was watching game seven thinking. You know, if we lose this game, this is the last Phillies game I'm going to watch. You know, real Phillies game I'm going to watch until March 28th, I think opening day is. Um, yeah. And I'm like, am I ready for that yet? I'm like, no, nah, absolutely not. Let's get some runs here. Boom, hits the home run. I'm like, all right, maybe we're back in this here. And yeah. um, nah, it, it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's disheartening, deflating. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's the kind of thing where it's like it sucked all the life out of me. I felt and. and and this might have to be some kind of Twitter poll at some point, but like in the last 12 months, the, the feeling that I felt, uh, well, as surface as a union fan, as I am right. The way that their season ended at the end of the year, losing the championship match in double overtime on a shootout. And then that night, the, the Phillies lose the world series on an epic moonshot home run by Alvarez. And then the Super Bowl happens. The Super Bowl ends the way that it does, where you're up 10 at halftime. You lose the lead. You, you, you think you have a chance to be able to maybe score some points at the end. You don't. That game ends tragically. The Sixers somehow managed to, to squander away a lead, very similar to the Phillies. And they, they lose game seven by 40. And then this team is up 3-2 coming home. You got to win one of two at home. And not only did they lose, but they didn't even show up. It was it was epically bad. And I'm like, all that – I was trying to describe it to my wife. I'm like, all of that, all of that happened in less than 12 months. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's certainly been uh... – been a wild ride. Um, I again, though, you know, out of all those things, this one, this one, I, I think, like affected me the most. Um, like I said, the, the the Super Bowl hurt, but then you know, spring training was kind of right after it, and mm-hmm. so I kind of had that, you know, kind of in the back of my mind. So it's like, all right, cool, new Philly season starting. I can kind of forget about that. Here, you know, the 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 Eagles are playing well. It's nice, but we still got some time till the playoffs. A lot of things can mm-hmm. happen. Um, the Sixers. I, I don't really care right now. I'm going to be honest. Um, there, the, the front office is a complete mess. Has there been a normal off season since prior to the hinky era? I don't know. Every, it seems like every year there is some nonsense that goes on with them. I don't want to make this yeah. a Sixers Sixers podcast here, but it's just like, it, there's nothing to really like, I just feel like there's a big void right now, you know, Sundays. Yeah. Okay. Once, once, um, once a week, you have the birds. Flyers are playing well. That's a, that's a, that's a plus we can talk about. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's 
you know, I, I, I'll take it where I can get it right at yeah. this point. Um, it, it I was thinking to myself as I'm watching, you know, game one of 82 last night with the Sixers. And I'm like, it, it would not be more apropos in this town if like somehow they figure out a way to like make a run. Like on a year where like the expectations are as low as they possibly can be. Um, but, you know, and, and the Flyers, the Flyers are playing well. The Fly, I saw Mike's tweet last night. Like yeah. the Flyers are going to somehow manage to play themselves into the playoffs at this point. Like, you know, the, the Flyers are playing with house money. They're, they're, I have zero expectations, so I don't have any anticipation of getting hurt. Um, but let's just jump into this, right? Because game one and two at home, the the vibes coming out of game after game two are like immaculate. Like mm-hmm. they, they could not be any better, could not have felt any higher. Um, so talk to me about how the series started, game one and two. I mean, you said it like, you know, it was just um, it couldn't have really started out any better. Uh, you, you get your your good pitching matchups there. You're able to take out their top two guys who you're kind of worried about. Right. You get to Gallon, you get to Kelly. Um, your two guys, Wheeler and Nola, do what they're supposed to do. You get Ranger Suarez, who, you know, is pretty much unflappable out there and doesn't mm-hmm. pitch a bad game by any means. But, yeah, games one and two, you know, you have those in hand. Uh, the offense is still hitting. Um, it was just like every, everything was kind of clicking, right? And I don't know where that changed. But, yeah, I mean, if you ask me after – I'm not really someone who – you know, sweeps in baseball. Three-game sweeps in a regular season are already difficult enough to do. Yeah. I, I would – like after game two, I'm thinking – there's a chance we we could sweep this team because, um, you know, we we had two pitching advantages going into games mm-hmm. three and four, right? We had Suarez um, against Fought, and we had then the bullpen games, right? The bullpen game, right. And I'm like, so we have to win one of those, you would think, until yeah. all of a sudden the offense just decides to not show up. So I think, you know, after game two, you're leaving, you know, you're waiting for that that travel day. You're you're I, I was so excited for game three. Just could not yeah. wait for it. Um, it was a bit of a letdown, but you know, sweeps really hard to come by. Okay, whatever. Go back out and get them tomorrow. Right. And uh, unfortunately, that just never really transpired. You know, that whole like go get them tomorrow attitude just never really came through on the field. And yeah. it was really like reminiscent of early in the season, like back in like May, where this team's just like floundering to get hits. You know, you're winning games, right. but it's only because you know your starters are giving up two runs, your offense is somehow mustering up three, and your bullpen's shutting everyone down. Uh, that's how it was kind of going in the beginning. And, um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about where, where blame can be, be placed later on. So I'm not going to get into that right now, yeah. but I mean, <laughs> the pitching for the most part, I feel like did its job. Uh, you know, obviously there's a couple exceptions yeah. there, but real the starting pitching, I mean, Nola gave up, gave up those two home runs and he had a rough second inning in game six. Suarez, um, you know, had that rough, uh, fifth inning. But the pitching overall did its job, um, you know, and they they there's not one game that series where the Diamondbacks put up enough runs where we should not have been able to win with the offense that we have. A hundred percent. Right. Game one. And, and listen, the, the we, we talk about the, the the feeling in the ballpark game one. Mm-hmm. Right. You could not have scripted a better start. Right. The, the Schwarber yeah. leadoff home run that he hits, what, 460 feet. Mm-hmm. And then two batters later, you know. Harper hits the one 437, right? Mm-hmm. Like hits it almost over the bullpen. Castellanos comes up in the second. 
little did we know that that was going to be his last hit this season of the entire season. Um, yeah. You know, the, the they just pot they, they, they were able to you know jump on top of them early, right? They get the five nothing lead. Now credit to the Diamondbacks, right? They claw back. They get the 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 Pernomo home run, and then you know they get the sacrifice, but the, it never got past five three. Right, you beat Zach Allen in a game at home that you knew you had to have, um, and then like you, you, you just there, there's no way that then you come in to game two, and game two they just they jump all over Merrill Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that game, the the is ten nothing, and it's they they, they really don't kind of jump on them until the sixth, right? In mm-hmm. the sixth, they drop four on them in the sixth, four on them in the seventh. And then it's like, it, it's kind of lights out at that point. But I just, I don't, I, th- this to me is kind of where, where the wheels fell off. And I don't know if you caught it, but like right at, at the beginning of game three, as they're doing all the introductions, they talked about how the Phillies changed up their pregame routine. And didn't take batting practice. Mm-hmm. And that to me was like a red flag. I'm like, you haven't played in Arizona in what, what, since it was it early June. Yeah. Well, I think so. Yeah. I was, I was looking at the schedule actually earlier today and I, for, I know they played the diamondbacks at home, I think in July, I forget when they in played July, but there. It, yeah. But, and they played well out there, but you look at that ballpark, that ballpark is, I kept you yelling, the whole time that it, you know, when, when uh, throughout those three games out there, I'm like, like fuck you and your cavernous fucking ballpark. Like this thing is fucking huge, yeah. and everything like the fly balls like just go there to die. And they and they they made mention to it throughout all three games how you know making comments about how certain balls would be home runs in you know 17 other ballparks other stadiums. Yeah. Um, but that one thing early on just kind of hit me for it just kind of made me go "Eh, really like it made me look sideways at like what why would you switch up the routine i know you because you had it's not like you played back to back you had the day off like why not continue to get those guys the everyday routine and i don't know if that was like a we're on a run here like we're coming off a a game 10 nothing where you know we can put, we're, we're putting the ball in play. We're hitting the balls in the gap. We're getting, we're making good contact. That to me just set up a red flag that like, I don't know if I would have done that. Yeah. I mean, I saw, you know, some people were speculating that it's cause you know, they, they, they flew in or whatever, but yeah, I mean, there's a travel day there for a reason. Right. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. It, you know, baseball such a game of, of routine and superstition and all that. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get not, not doing it. Um, I haven't heard like, I, I haven't heard any actual like reason or really anyone question, um, you know, the, you know, Thompson or anything, why they didn't do it. But yeah, I mean, I, so I don't know if it was like a level of, you know, almost like cockiness um, or if it was just, Hey, you know, these guys are playing, they're, they've been playing hard. Let's give them a break. You know, they're seeing the mm-hmm. ball. Well, well, uh, you know, as well as I could have been at that time and then, yeah. you know, see what happens. So I don't know, you know, how much that, that played into it or not, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it certainly could be a thing. Like you said, like I just said, the, the routine is such a big thing in baseball and, you know, usually when things aren't going well, that's when you switch right. up the routine. Not when, not when things are, are going well. 
Right. But like, so you go into game three, right? Game three, they end up losing two one. Mm-hmm. This is the game that, you know, Kimball gives up the, the single to Marte in the ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you know, outside of the Harper stealing home, they, they, they get shut out. Like they, 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 this is where the offense started to die because in that, in that game, right. You're not going to, you're not going to win a game with three hits in the playoffs. Like they, they, and they had opportunities to manufacture runs and they didn't, this was the start to me of like, leaving guys on base, leaving guys with, you know, you get there, there were so many opportunities in those three games in Arizona where you had guys in scoring position with less than two outs and you could never manufacture those runs. Um, and like you said, like credit to the diamondbacks, they, they real they, they battled that whole game, right? The Phillies put up the one run and it's, it's nothing, nothing until the seventh, the Phillies put up the one run with Harper. Now the shame of it is, is that, they give it right back. They give it right back in the in the bottom of the seventh, um, and then this is this to me in this game. You know, you you have Suarez that he goes five and a third. Um, what what were your feelings about where how they started to manage the bullpen in this in this game? Um, so just kind of knowing like and, and playoff baseball is different than. Um... Than, than regular season baseball. So I know that they're often going to take guys out, you know, early. We saw Thompson do it with um, uh, Suarez in the Brave series, right? In the, in the division right. series where he wants it. So he, I, he, I think he always goes through it with a game plan and whether it's his, you know, it might be to a fault, but he, he just, he trusts his guys. Right. Um, yeah. Now I know the, the biggest, the biggest question mark in that game was bringing Kimberl again, bringing Kirkering for a, a second straight, game that i think was the biggest question questionable move because yeah. he's never pitched back-to-back days uh i don't know Ever. why in right. the nlcs that's the time you try it uh in, in, so, in a crucial game like in a yeah. game that you in a swing game in a big spot and i know that his stuff has been his stuff has been electric it was like i i didn't have a problem with bringing him in i just had a problem with the fact that yeah, and it's you. Know, you don't want to question the, the 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 balls and strikes and the play calling, but to ha- to let him throw n- n- almost I think it was nine or ten straight breaking balls, and no strikes, and no strikes, and never think like, hey, this dude can pump high nineties gas. How about we just get him right with a fastball? Mm-hmm. I would have been okay if. At any point in time, they just he just gasses it up. If he gets if, if one of the dudes from Arizona lets one fly, I, I'll live with that. But to let Kirkering go and to let him throw, not, I know that's his go-to pitch, but he would those pitches weren't even close. Like it's mm-hmm. not like there were like some missed calls. Those all those breaking balls were in the <laughs> they were in the opposite batter's box. And he he's in there for what amounts to three three at bats, gives up three hits, gives up the one run. I mean, and then the most amazing part about that game to me is when Alvarado comes in with the bases loaded and gets out of it on three pitches. Yeah, exactly. 
It's just the difference, right? I mean, Alvarado has been there. Kirkering hasn't, but that's the thing. Like, I don't know why he's out there back-to-back days. Well, I don't know who I, I was talking to, uh, about this, you know, the next day. Uh, obviously it's, it's JT calling the pitches back there, right? They have a game plan, but I mean, you would think that JT with the experience he has would, you know, either go out there and tell Kirkering, listen, I'm putting down a one. You're going to throw a one. Uh, you know, that something had to change there and it just didn't. I mean, he, he the, it was flat the game before the, the breaking ball was flat the game before it wasn't breaking. Then he had no control on it that game. And you're right. I mean, his fastball is good enough to get guys out. I don't understand what the, what the, what the plan was there. Um, so that was like the, that was the question move to me. Bringing Kimbrell back out. Okay. Kimbrell, I, I think probably just hit a wall at the end of the season because, and he has taken so much flack right now from Phillies fans, and deservedly so. He he, yeah. he lost some big games there. However, are we where we're at without Kimbrel this season? I don't know. I mean, oh, no. he pitched so well all season. He was an All Star. You know, he pitched so well this season for us. Um, so I get Thompson's going to trust his veteran guys. Go back to him. Uh, I don't have a problem with bringing with bringing Kimberlin in this scenario. It's his execution at that point, yeah. Right, and the second that you see you you didn't even get a chance, right? Because he gives up the two hits, the one run, and that's it. Right, mm-hmm. he doesn't even see the third batter. Right. Um. I my my problem. So like with this game, this game just I flushed it. I was like, you know what? That's a baseball loss. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I, I question the Kirkering bringing him in. Um, but the problem that I have with Kimbrell and the decision to bring him in is not in that game, but it's to bring him in when they bring him in, when you know he's struggling, when they bring him back in in game in the next game, in game four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this game, so game four, game four took like 400 hours to play. Um, with, with all those pitching changes. The, yeah, it was insane. With, 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 with all the pitching changes that happened. Um, I just, it, 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 that, that game to me was the most frustrating game out of the mall, right? They lose that game, you know, six, five, um, credit to the Diamondbacks for that game for, you know, to be able to get through a bullpen game and throw, I think they threw nine guys. Yeah. It was was almost everyone. Yeah. Um, and the Phillies got to a point where it was – they had four guys left. They had Lorenzen, they had Taiwan Walker, and they had uh, Kimbrell and Alvarado. And, mm-hmm. you know, the my my issue in this game was you, you let – I think it was a smart move to start Christopher Sanchez. Where I didn't understand was the piggyback. He pitches two and a third, and then you go right to your bullpen. So and not now, only long guys, just straight to your, you know, the meat of your your guys there. So I agree with that. I don't know, like if you're going to start the guy, start the guy because now you just made it a bullpen game for yourself too. Correct. So that was that was frustrating. So like that game, that to me was like I, I'm in the sixth inning watching Sir Anthony pitch, and I'm going, how are we going to get to the ninth? Mm-hmm. Like what, like one of these guys is going to end up having to throw two innings. Like one of these, so, someone is going to have to do something extraordinary, but that's why I thought like, especially in that scenario where you're, he's only pitching two and a third, right? You can, you can bring Taiwan Walker in. 
Christ, he hasn't pitched since the regular season. He doesn't make an appearance in the whole playoffs. Uh, you can bring Michael Lorenzen in. You, 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 you had guys that you could have piggybacked Christopher Sanchez and let him get like so that you don't tax your bullpen. So that you're not, and when I say get in the bullpen, right? Get into your bullpen, guys, right? Because you have you had guys that were specifically on this roster for that specific reason to be those long guys, to be those guys that if something bad happens, you bring those in. I remember you talking about it on the last show, right? If we see Lorenzen or we see Taiwan Walker, something happened on either end, right? It's either a blowout and you're getting guys work and letting the other guys rest or you, something bad happened early and, and you're not going to waste arms. Mm-hmm. And that to me is where the wheels fell off. Cause like now you're just, you, you go, you go Hoffman for one and two thirds, you go Strom, you go Dominguez for one and a third, you go Soto, Kickering, Kimbrell, Alvarado. Like you, you, you didn't give yourself the best opportunity. And that's a game where, you know, the offense isn't horrible, right? They score five runs. They're up, they're up five, three or five, two go at five, five, three, right? Five, three three, going into the, into the eighth. And then you bring Kimbrell back in. Now, listen, I know that you didn't have, you, you didn't have the, 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 the arms to be able to like not bring him in. I just don't understand bringing him in at that point. Because that to me, right, because Thompson has been a, I'm bringing these guys in in the highest leverage spots. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have a kid who's been electric in this series and, and really been able to put the bat on the ball. And that's not a high leverage spot when you're up two with two guys on and the go ahead runs at the plate. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's it's interesting because earlier in I don't know if it was this series or it was the Brave series, I forget, but Thompson made a comment about managing the bullpen, using your best guys when you need them because there's no guarantee you're going to need them later, right? You if if someone else gives up those runs, you don't get to them. He kind of went back and did the opposite there, right? When you're in a higher Absolutely. level situation, he has Alvarado sitting there um, and brings in Kimbrel uh, for for that situation. Now, I, if if my memory serves me correctly, that was toward the bottom of the order, right? Is that so, uh, Al, so Alec, 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 when Alec Thomas homers, when he yes. homers, Lourdes Goriel scores. Right. And then uh, uh, Corbin Carroll. Okay. So that was, you're right. That was the bottom of the so order. It was, but right, the problem was he didn't get through the bottom of the order. He ended up getting back into the top then. So he, correct. it, it so didn't it, work because he, the order flipped. Right. So Thompson's right. idea, I think, was to have Kimbrell get through the eighth. Right. And then have, Alvarado face the top of the lineup. Corbin Carroll right. being the lefty, I get that move, but the problem is, is you know, Kimbrel didn't do his job, so that now makes the move look that much worse. Again, right. I, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I feel like bullpen management is one of those things, that's, especially in a playoff game, it's it's under a microscope so much more um, for you know who are you going to use against which matchup and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't begrudge Thompson for having to make that decision. But mm, when you know. have your your better guy sitting out there, uh, you, do you you trust him to get it to the ninth, right? And right. that's yeah, you know, it, it kind of backfired. It backfired there. So yeah, and you know their their bullpen 
that in their bullpen game pitched really well, right? They, mm-hmm. they, 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 they did their job and the back end of that bullpen pitched really well throughout this entire series. Now they, they somehow managed on Saturday, you know, to, they, 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 they sneak one out, right? They mm-hmm. they win six, one, they managed to put nine hits together. This, this is the second time that they beat Zach Allen in this series. And if you would have told me, Eric, in a postseason where they beat Zach Allen twice, they beat Spencer Strider twice, and nothing happens, I would have. I, I if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have told you, you're writing your ticket for the World Series. Like that, if you can manage to to take those two guys out, but. They they chase him right. They chase him early right. The, you get the start single early, then you get the epic in, in the six. You get Schwarber and, and Harper with those again monster shots those when shots, yeah. they're doing everything they can to be able to, you know, you know try to pitch around those guys and let, not let those guys hurt you. Um, yeah, Schwarber's home run goes four seventy one. Harper's home run goes four fifty five. Like. Just mammoth shots, no doubt about it. Um, you know, and, and you, you just you, you get the the real moves of home run late, right? You and the vibes are back, right? The vibes are back because you got you, you're up three two going home. Not a not not a scenario that we thought, right? We thought maybe you know with the way that the series started, they would be able to take two out of three. They don't, right? And they come home on Monday. And again, we're the, the the town is feeling itself. We're talking about right the, the Monday night's the closeout game. You know, go grease the poles at Cotman and Frankfurt. Like everybody, get ready. You know, Monday or Tuesday is going to be a party. And this is to me the feeling that I felt. I won't forget the feeling that I felt in terms of how let down I felt after game four, because that was the game that I felt like you really let get away and you let them get back into the series. You could have been going up. You could have been up three, one with a chance to put them away at home and you let them back in a series. You let them feel themselves and, and you created a scenario where you had to come home and, and the pressure was all on the Phillies going into game one, going into game six at home. Now that was a game you were down there. For, for I was down. I was down there for Game Six. Yep, and I'll tell you what, going in, like, yeah, I mean, vibes were high, right? Like, coming off of Game Five, th- this is where the difference is. Like, Game Four, I felt it, but after Game Five, I'm like, all right, we're back. We have a pitching advantage. We have um, home field advantage. I'm just like, you know, to me, I, I we're gonna win one of these games, right? I was yeah. so confident about it. I think everyone else kind of was too, but uh, that second inning, Game Six. I mean, I was also I that was I I was lucky enough to get to a lot of postseason games this year, and that was the worst I've ever seen the crowd. I mean, the wind was just taken out of the sails, and it was Early. really hard for them to get it back. Yeah, and uh, just nothing really happened. Um, and that's really where after after game six, that's when I'm like, oh crap, we're in trouble. I the the confidence I saw, you know, on Twitter and heard on WIP and stuff like that about winning game seven. I'm like, can we slow our roll a little bit here? I mean, if these guys don't hit, we're not winning. 
Uh, yeah. and they and they just didn't. I mean, it was it was so infuriating being there and watching that. And now from where I was sitting, you know, balls and strikes, tough, tough to see. So but yeah. what I what I did notice was the chases and watching at bats from Turner and Cassianos, who gave us so much early in the postseason. So, you know, I don't, yeah, I'm talking trash on them if in this game and game seven, but overall, like, we're not where we're at without those guys. But no, no, at no, the no, same, no. at the same time, like, you guys are big game players. You need to act like it. And Turner had one of the most uncompetitive at bats in a postseason that I, I mean, honestly, he looks like it might, you might as well just send Ranger Suarez up, or uh, it was Aaron Nola that night. You might as well send Aaron Nola up there. Uh, three, three pitches. I think three swings and not one competitive swing. Um, and, and I don't, it uh, wasn't correct, even like it was a, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the, the app that, that was the at bat where Schwarber had just walked. Yes. Correct. Yes. So Schwarber just walks. I, I'm pretty sure he walks on four pitches. He does. Cause and, I was livid. And, and, and all three, all three swings, one were non-competitive Two, mm. the pitches were, in the other batter's box, like they, they weren't even close pitches. And I'm looking at it going like, that's a position where you're, you know, that they are unintentionally intentionally walking Schwerber. They're not going to let him hurt you. And it, and they put everything they they came back to Philadelphia with the, with the game plan that said, we are not going to let Harper and Schwerber hurt us. We're going to put this all on Trey Turner and all on Alec Baum. And those guys, you know, outside of the one bone home run in game seven, like those guys shriveled in, in the in the in in the in the biggest moment when you needed them, they just couldn't get it done. It was it was it was bad, right? And this game, you know, they 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 end the game, you know, six hits but one run. If I remember correctly, this was another game they had they they had they had guys and runners, they had runners in scoring position. They had opportunities to to kind of get back in the game, and they just don't. They don't, and you know, you. you it was a game where you know Nola gets chased early, right? He leaves four to four and a third, but you know, gives up the four runs, and they just never they they, they never got they never got into this game at all, at mm-hmm. all, and then you know, and then game seven, right? And game seven is like, you know. Ever, it, not a position that anybody ever thought we'd be in. Not with this team. Not the way that that, that game's one and two start. Um, and you get you get Suarez to to, to pitch early, right? You, but he gives up the one that they. The other thing that I noticed that the Diamondbacks did right it, when they come back here for six and seven, guys get on base. They're running. They're, they're being running, super yeah. aggressive. They're moving. They're 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 playing small ball, and. You know, they, they get the one run early, right? They put, they put, they did a great job at putting all the pressure on the Phillies early. The same thing that we said that we had to do, right? To, to get the, get the Diamondbacks, get on them early. And the bats just never show up, right? They only get five hits in this game. Um, Their last hit, if I remember correctly, is a, is a Schwarber double, the Schwarber mm-hmm. double in the fifth. So they don't get a hit after, after the fifth inning. And they just never – as close as the game is, right, game's 4-2. You know, you had an opportunity, especially late. You were going to have five, uh, four, five, six, and seven, eight, nine. 
in the eighth and ninth inning, you needed one guy to get a hit to be able to get Schwarber one more at-bat. Out of those six at-bats, you needed one guy to get on. Mm-hmm. One guy to work a walk, one guy to get a hit, one guy to do anything. And they just looked – this game, this was a game that they looked tight. They looked tight from the start. They looked like they were all trying to hit home runs. And, you know, and the, there was a, a Jason Stark stat about the the exit velocity from Harper, the one, the one fly out that he has that, like – all of his at bats with, with with exit velos that are it was like plus seven hundred something. He was hitting like seven eighty something on 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 balls that, that he hits, and it lands. Yeah, you know, he comes within feet of pretty much doing the same exact thing he did with the with you know to send the Phillies to the World Series last year. I just, I don't, I, like, I, I just, I, I can't fathom the, the fact that, like, you, you, you turn it up in the biggest moment, and, and it is hard to, to think about criticizing guys like Castellanos and guys like Harper, guys like Harper and, and Turner, because how well they played early in the postseason. They, they, they're, they're up through game two. The, there was not a whole lot of bad things you could say about them, but mm-hmm. these last two games. Left a lot to be desired. Yeah, I mean, it, it. the The biggest thing for me was you had to take one at home, and they couldn't do it. And the most frustrating thing here is the offense. You can talk about what happened in games three and four, you know, all you want, but to me, it boils down to you had the opportunity was given back to you. The ball was now in your court, and they failed. Mm-hmm. Right? The the discipline completely gone. It, I mean, Cassianos looked like he looked last year. Turner looked like he looked back prior to August, right? And it's just like, what? Do, what are we doing? I mean, I, I, I'm guessing they're pressing, right? I mean, they're they're there's they they were good hitters up until that point. The yeah. pressure probably got to them. They're like, crap, we 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 fumbled this a little bit, and they're trying to swing for the fences. Uh, the difference is the ball is not going to travel as far in October as it would in you know August and September for these guys. So it's yeah. you, know, you you got to be able to just you got to be able to play baseball without just hitting home runs. Now this team's built to do it. And, when, and you notice when they're hitting home runs, they're rolling. Right. Yeah. But um, you got to manufacture runs other ways. And it just felt like, and we talked about this at various points, different during different shows of the, of the season, right. Where they're going through, there's ebbs and flows. There always is with baseball, mm. but there'd be times where it's like, okay, you know, I we're up, we're, we're down three runs. feels like, you know, we might as well be down 10. We have no shot, right? Then there's other times we're down five runs, and it's like the way our offense is going, let's go. We have, we, we have two more at-bats here. Let's 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 get these runs back. And it would happen. Th- this, again, game six, after watching game six and then watching game seven, it ultimately felt like you're right. At one point it was 4-2. We're down two runs. And I'm like, I don't foresee us get, being able to come back from this the way we're, our, the way we're approaching these at-bats. Uh, yeah. It was the some of the worst approaches I have seen. And to me, the offense lost us this series. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. The 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 way you know, and and the the statistics, you know, they're 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 hard to read, right? The the two they're in the last. So they come home with the with the, with the three two lead. In those two games, they score three runs total. Mm-hmm. Two for Which, seventeen with runners in scoring position. 
You're literally reading the. <laughs> you're reading. You're reading. That the is a number that I read it. Uh, I can't tell you how many times because people kept arguing with me that it was Thompson and the and uh, the bullpen that blew it. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm literally I, reading it. I, I have been reciting that stat nonstop because Thompson might have made some bad decisions. Kimber might have blown a lead, but guess what? Ultimately, it came down to the fact that you couldn't score runs with guys on base, and that's something they were doing. Um, and it yeah. just came down to plate discipline and just a complete like lack of focus at the plate. It was yeah. it was maddening. You lost in this series. You lost two games to a kid who's in his who, who's in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Now electric stuff, great stuff, great poise. Um, but you, that's inexcusable for a team that is probably out of the three teams that were left out. Yeah, you know, when the after the Astros get eliminated you're probably on paper the best team out of all three of them team. But like the, in those two, also in those two games, Castellanos, Turner, Harper, 0 for 23. You're not going to win. You're not going to win games with Brandon Marsh as great as he was in this postseason with Bryson Stott, with Alec Bohm. You know, you're not going to win the games and Christmas in heaven. Johan Rojas, the 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 most Eric in this game, the most unforgivable thing for me, the 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 thing that jumps out in neon, is the Rojas at bat in the fourth. In the fourth, yep. <laughs> he comes up in the fourth, and you know, and you saw the pitching coach because they they pan to him right because they know it's coming. They walk Marsh, yep. right? Because they're going Marsh will hurt us, Rojas. Rojas will get himself out. And to, to not look at that in a game seven as a, as a, as a, as a, pre, as a pinnacle point in that game and not put someone up there that has at least a puncher's chance at, at throwing a ball anywhere on the field. Right, Rojas is batting. You know, I think it was by the end of by that game, he was batting like oh oh eighty oh eighty nine or something like that. It was below one, yeah. And to not put someone else in there, right? If that's Christian Pache, you saw Christian Pache later in the game work a walk, pretty impressive at bat for a guy mm-hmm. who sat for the last three weeks and didn't see game activity the entire time. Like you had a guy like Jake Cave. Now Jake Cave has has had his moments during the season, but Jake Cave is at least I'm going to put it in air quotes for everybody that's going to listen later. He's a professional hitter. Like y- you had guys there that were there specifically for those moments, and you you can tell me all you want about. The, the defensive responsibilities of a guy like Johan Rojas and the ground that he covers, but it's, it's not leaps and bounds from what Christian Pache could have given you. He can cover the, they're, they're both really speedy guys. They're comparable. I mean, their numbers but are pretty comparable. Very, but offensively, he at least will give you a professional at that. And that to me, Eric, that to me was like when, when they, 
when he strikes out and he strikes out bad and it looks it fucking ugly as hell. It was horrible. I literally turned to my wife and God bless my wife because I got to give her a huge shout out because she on a normal time could care less about sports. My boss lady sat with me and watched me melt <laughs> into a puddle for this entire throughout this entire series. Um, and I looked at her and I was like, there it is. That that moment, that at bat right there, they're going to regret that moment because up until that point, their offense looked absolutely lethargic through a game and a half of baseball between game six and game seven. And I was like, not getting runs in that moment, not getting any runs when you have the bases loaded. And correct me, did they have the bases loaded and one out? Or was that they, they had bases loaded I, with two outs? I think. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I was again. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think of it now too because I was. I was. I was in the same situation. It actually sounds like our households are very similar. Uh, my wife was sitting in the room as well. She actually uh, same thing. Shout out to shout out to Allison because she what she went to a bunch of the games with us and everything. Um, she watched every game. Now most of it she was fine because I was happy. Right. That la- those last couple games, uh, I feel bad, because, but because I was a little angry. But, um, yeah, she put up with it. And eventually, I think last night I finally said to her, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm finally getting over it. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I was, like, blinded by some of this, by, by rage at some point. So, that's why I don't remember what, what the uh, what the out situation was there. Well, they, for, for I, I just went back I, and looked. So they, so angry. They, they had, so that, that in that fourth inning, Stott doubled and Boom, boom scored. But that was, that was far later. So, what, what transpired after that was, was far later, right? But you have so after the Stott double, Real Muto singles to left. Right. Stott goes to third. Castellano strikes out. So there was two outs. Two outs. Okay. Two outs. Right. Marsh Marsh walked. Real Muto is on second. Stott still on third. And then Rojas strikes out swing. Yeah, I mean, and again with two with two outs, it, it makes it it makes it maddening, but less maddening than 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 one, I guess. But yeah, and to me, the thing is, is like okay, so Rojas. Uh, first first year here, right? He has not. This is the longest, most games he's ever played. Um, yeah. He's never really been a, a powerhouse offensively, and um, but you know, to to me, not that I not you know, Cave and um, Pache realistically had had better chances, but I think that also shows you the lack in trust of the depth we have on the bench there. Um, yeah. Thinking that. I guess it was early in the game too, and maybe Thompson was trying to play. You know, okay, well, Rojas defensively here because the the problem with Pache and Rojas, both great defensive players, probably they're both mm-hmm. right-handed, and yeah. that's kind of that that's the snag there. Um, if Pache is left-handed, I think, or even a switch hitter, I think at that point you definitely see you, you see, obviously see a move. Um, but yeah, you know, and it, it, I feel bad almost for you know putting it all, all on Rojas, but you got to do something there, right? You're 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 in the major leagues, you're there for a reason. But he was he was way out of his league that the, pretty much the entire postseason. But um, he was just way way overmatched, and yeah, it just ugh, it was it was just so frustrating. But the, the, to me, the, the the problem is is yeah, the Rojas at bat was bad, but you also now can go back and say, well, your guys who have been there before, who are getting paid the big bucks, also didn't do anything. So yeah. uh, to me, that's after after watch after you know having a couple of days to think about it. Uh, that's where I'm more upset. I'm more upset at the offense as a whole 
Um, but that's certainly an bat that you look back at and say that could have changed the tide of the game. A hundred percent. And as I'm just kind of scrolling through and looking back, it's like I tried to erase that game from my memory, but <laughs> Me but game or game, but in the bottom of the sixth, they go one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And then in the eighth and the ninth. So in the last four innings, you went one, two, three in three out of the four innings. Yep. Like you, you just, you were, and Eric, even into the ninth, I'm still going, they need one hit. You got to get one guy on. Yep. You get one guy on and, I, and I'll take my chances with Schwarber and, and, and the, the off chance that they make a mistake and, and he hits it to fucking Broad Street. Like yep. I, I'll, I'll, I'll live with that. Yeah. And they just couldn't get it done and they could have gotten done. And it, it ends epically. I, I literally walked up to the TV, turned it off. I literally went outside and sat for like a good 25 minutes, just sat outside and just like there just nothing, nothing happening. And I just felt like, I just felt so fucking empty. It felt horrible. Um, not the way that we thought the season was going to end. Um, Eric, I'm going to play a commercial. Give us a minute on the back end. We'll talk maybe 10, 15 minutes about the, uh, the post game, the, the, the post game, not post game, the, the post season press conferences, the stuff we heard from Dabrowski about, you know, and then, you know, we'll put, we'll, we'll, we'll put this funeral to bed. (laughs) So catch us on the back end. We'll be right back. Von C. Brewing Company is a 20-barrel, 16,000-square-foot microbrewery with a 2,500-square-foot tasting room, including a spacious outside beer garden in Norristown, PA, in the heart of Montgomery County. The Von C. family is part of the family that started C. Schmidt and Son Brewing in 1860. Stop in Wednesday through Sunday and taste a variety of draft and 16-ounce cans of originally brewed beer and tell them the Drunk on Broad crew sent you. Vonsi Brewing is located at 1210 Stenbridge Street, Suite 300 in Norristown. Cheers! Team Clicks are the only glasses for real sports fans. With interchangeable arms you can support all of your favorite teams, or even make and create custom options as well. These die-hard sports fans have realized that sports fans needed something other than face paint to show their love and passion for their teams. Go to teamclicks.com dob and show your love for your hometown team. LaTorrance curated collection of men's and women's watches is a perfect investment that lasts for years to come and fits perfectly with your every outfit and style. Our range of classic watches aren't just a great perfect formal and casual accessory, but a time machine that takes you back to memories. Explore our collection of timeless watches that can reflect your taste, personality, and personal style. Our exclusive collection of carefully curated affordable luxury watches is what you need to make a personalized style statement. You can take pride in your prized possession, handing it over to the next generations as your most loved asset that they can also own and display with the same pride. These high quality pieces stand the test of time, giving exceptional value and return on your investment. Those are locked-touring.com and use code DOB at checkout and get 10% off. 
If you're looking for unique sports apparel, check out Streaker Sports. They've dug deep into the archives and have brought back some incredible defunct team logos and have even created entire defunct league collections. They also have collections paying homage to sports culture including the Miracle on Ice, Slapshot, Kadishak, the Mighty Ducks, and even have a license with Wiffle Ball and USA Hockey. Only for drunk on broad listeners, use code BROAD at checkout to get 10% off anything at streakersports.com. Again that's 10% off anything at streakersports.com with discount code BROAD. Well, listen, it doesn't end the way we thought it might. They have uh, they have all the postseason press conferences. Eric, talk to me about what you heard from the players, from from Dabrowski, from just the uh, obviously they're all not they're they're not happy with you know, the way that the season ends. But I I think I I like what I heard from Dabrowski. I like the tone in terms of the 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 importance and the desire to be able to get back to a position where you can put yourself in a you know get with with a chance to win the pennant. Yeah, I mean the 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 one thing that kind of got me through a lot of this is just thinking okay, it won't be the same exact team next year, but a majority of these guys are coming back and it's all the ones we want to come back for the most part. There's one I'm going to talk about in a second. But um you know, it's there, there's definitely that chance to be there. We have good ownership, wants to spend money, willing to do it. I don't really think we need to go out and spend, you know, a billion dollars this offseason. Um, but I think priority number one going to the offseason and Dombrowski talked about it, um, you know, obviously said that mutual interest with Aaron Nolan. Um, yeah. You know, I know Nola is one of those guys where I've been a huge Nola guy, uh, defender, whatever you want to call it since you know forever right um yeah i think he came up with the team in in 2015 and they stunk so he kind of was given that title like de facto ace right yeah. i don't think it was ever fair to really think of him as like a max scherzer or jacob de type guy right he was never projected to be that he was a good he was he was a solid pitcher a good pitcher now we have zach wheeler who is a bona fide ace nola's right. not you can't compare the two guys right but nola if you look at what He's this season was a down year for him, undoubtedly, right? He had a bad ERA, but when it mattered, he turned it on. Um, yeah. And I don't think he's going to get worse next year. I think his numbers are going to get better. Um, he's going to, you know, be used to the pitch clock now. He seems to have worked on some mechanics, tweaked a couple things, fixed the slide step so guys aren't running on him as much. And we we saw yeah. that. Um, so I, I really think, you know, he needs to be back looking at the rest of this pitching market. Um, Blake Snell is going to ask for an arm and a leg. Other than that, there's yep. really not much else out there who's comparable to Nola and what he can do. The innings he gives you alone, yeah, should be should be worth a hundred million right there. Then plus the the you know the, the value he gives you in the games he's going to pitch. The did you see the report that you know the reason that they didn't come to an agreement prior to this season was he was asking for like eight years, two hundred million or something like that. I did not. So that came out. I forget. I, I want to say it was through Phillies Nation or one of the. I think maybe okay. yeah, Phillies Nation maybe. Um, and you know, eight years, I think is, it's a tall ask from any pitcher, um, especially a guy who's not young anymore. Right. Right. And I know, and I know his his job is to make sure that, right. He, he secures Mm long-term 
financial stability for his career. And I get that. Um, I do think that he, he's a guy that, again, we talk about that long-term stability. He's, he's a guy who's been in, been in this organization, came up in this organization. Um, and, and my whole thing, and, and I'm on the, the, the same page with you in terms of bringing him back. Cause I don't know who you bring in. I don't know who's the, the comp that you bring in. Um, you know, is it a guy like, you know, Montgomery from, from the Rangers, right? Is that, is that a guy, you know, you look at track he's records, not in, he he's not an MLB ace, right? But he, but the, the most important thing, what do you need a guy to do throughout the season? You need a dude to eat innings and he eats innings all throughout the season. Um, and I don't think it's, even though he's going to be one of the better players that'll be available in terms of starting pitching. I don't think it's going to cost you an arm and a leg to be able to get it done. Um, and, and I think the the benefit of it, there being mutual interest, I think is a really important thing. Yeah. I mean, and to me, the average value on his salary, I don't care. It's not my money, right? Like, no, Sp- eight, spend that cigar money. Exactly. And, you know, eight years, 200 million equates to what, around 25 million a year or something like that, which yeah, really is, isn't bad. My thing is give him, you know, take take the years down, give him give him 28, 29 a year. I don't care. Um, he he's pitched well enough to maybe earn some of that. Uh, but you know, I, I don't I see anywhere over right, in yeah. terms of like a shorter right, more money. Like short shorter term, bigger money. Yeah, exactly. So I think he's 30 right now. Um, give him five years, right? I mean, I, and it's it's crazy because you remember, like, back in the heyday of you know 08, 09, oh, with with Gillick and, and Amaro, they would not sign a oh my God. three years, right? Yeah. Uh, and nowadays, it's like we signed Taiwan Walker for freaking four years. Like, yeah. So Taiwan Walker is you know he he is what he is. He's gonna be number four starter, right? Number four, number mm-hmm. five, and we saw it this year. Uh, Nola's yeah. way better than that. Um, being 30 years old by 35, 30, yeah, 35. I don't see him be, you know, going down to, he's not going to, I think decrease in value all that much. So no. pay more, give him the five years and then he might be able to get a, you know, two or three year deal somewhere else. Um, Cause pitching is so valuable right now. Like there's, there is nothing. Yeah. Look at how many teams don't even have three starters. The Braves didn't have enough pitching to get through us. The Diamondbacks didn't, they still did, but they, they didn't have <laughs> pitching either. Like there are yeah. so Teams that just don't have it. The Dodgers got screwed because they don't have the starting pitching. Yeah, but it, there's good teams out there that are lacking in starting pitching, and it's such a, a desirable thing right now. Nola can pretty much say there's going to be teams out there. Yeah, I, I've seen them linked to the Cardinals. I've seen them linked to. Um, uh, there's another team that just came up the other day. I think that I mean Braves fans want him right now. Braves. I'm seeing on yeah. Twitter and stuff like that. And you know he's going to be desirable out there. It's will. You know him wanting to stay for in in Philadelphia. Will he take a, a year or two less to do that? Um, I don't know, but I think you know you have to look into that, and you have that has to be priority number one. Sign Nola, or the other thing Dombrowski said is likely it's not going to be in the free agent market. You have to trade for someone, but then you trade for someone. Yeah. Now you're giving up some of those other prospects that you kind of want to hang on to. So it's I, I think you know I'd rather lose the money, mostly because it's not mine. But um, yeah, it's not mine. Yeah, rather okay. than losing the prospects. Um, yeah. I think what what I like is like you're you're going to have to build this roster creatively, right? And and as weird as it might sound, Eric, don't underestimate the fact that like just 
couple weeks ago, right? He's part of a group of players that announced that they're about to have new children. And do you really want to create that instability in your family at a, at, at that inflection point too, that that might be something that might factor in that maybe says like, Hey, maybe I do a shorter term deal and I go back into free agency in, you know, in two years, in three years and, and, and maybe re-enter the market then. Um, but you're going to have to be creative. I think that the dearth of outfield talent that you have might create an opportunity to maybe move a major league ready player now, mm-hmm. package what whoever, right? Even if you're packaging a guy like like Christian Pache, right? It's got to be Pache or Rojas, I think. Yeah, you can, you're not going to get rid of Marsh, I don't think, at this point. But yeah, it's got to be one of those two. But you package those guys or package one of those guys with – you know, maybe some minor league prospects and you get another starting pitcher. You get like a deal, Eric, similar to the deal that brought Gregory Soto here. Mm-hmm. Very like you, you give up guys at the back end of your bench for a guy that was pivotal, pivotal in your playoff run and a guy that, you know, came in and was a reliable reliever at the back end of your bullpen. And you compare what you gave up, right? You give up Veerling and who was the other guy? Uh, Maton. And Two guys Sands. that like, wow. Yeah. Like, I, I think you're going to have to be creative in terms of that. But the other thing that the other big thing that comes out of it is, right, the conversation about Harper and, and how he's going to proceed positionally you know, in terms of next year and then throughout the course of his, you know, career here. Cause I think that, that we know is drastically going to affect the decision that they make about Reese Hoskins. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny to me that they're going to ask Bryce because like, is Bryce going to say one or the other? I think he's going to be like, what is going to help this team be better? Um, and that's just how Bryce is like he, his, his goal is to win and whatever's going to put the Phillies in a better chance to win. I think he's going to be okay with, right. He, he played well at first base. There were still a couple things at the end of the season, even the postseason where I'm like, yeah, maybe, you know, he sh- should have underhanded that somewhere, you know, you let someone else get that ball or whatever, but he, he, he transitioned pretty seamlessly to that position. Um, yeah. There's, there's pros and cons, you know, actually, I think it was something, I don't remember if it was Thompson or Dombrowski saying it, but one of them was saying, you know, Everyone thinks it was Dombrowski saying, you know, everyone thinks first base is such an easy position, but really, I mean, you're diving, you're sprinting to first base, you know, 10, 11 times a game out. You're moving every single play, right? Uh, outfield, not that you're not moving, but if you're in right field and the balls hit the third base and there's no one on, you know, you're, you're maybe moving a little bit to maybe back up on a bit where the catcher's really doing that. So you're not really moving a whole lot. Um, so I don't know. I, I think either one, whichever one, Bryce, I think Bryce is going to say, I'll do whatever the team wants me to do. Um, yeah. which is such like a blessing. Cause I don't know if you saw, did you see what the Padres are? The, the Padres are asking uh, Xander Bogarts to make a move to first base. And remember they, he was, he's assigned as a shortstop. So yeah, yeah, 200, yeah. 280, that, what a, what a deal that's going to be. He doesn't want to do it by the way. Uh, so they're, they want Machado at third. They want um, Kim at short, Cronenworth at second and, and Bogarts at, at first. So now you've got basically this $280 million first baseman who doesn't want to play first base. Who so I just like, play. thank God we have Bryce. And again, I, I find like he might have a preference, but I really don't think he's going to say, I want to play right field just so you can get Reese back. Or I want to play like he's kind of in a tough spot here because he's friends with Reese. 
Yeah, if he says, you, if he says first base, Reese is gone. <laughs> right. You you don't want to be in a position to be able to to kind of you know play judge, jury, and executioner on, on someone else's career. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think your your initial analysis of it is is like spot on. Like he's gonna say, you know what? That's not my decision to make. I'll do whatever's best for the team. And then he and he's got to put that back on that. That is a Dombrowski move. That is a Rob Thompson move. Like you can't put that on the player to say, I want to play here. Cause you know, throughout the course of the season, if they need him to play outfield, he will. If they need him to play first base, he will. If they need him to DH, he will. They, they know, you know, I mean, he would go out and catch if they want, if they let him like, pitch, he, he's like, <laughs> he, he's just, he, he's, he is that player. But I think the thing that I'm going back to is like, I look at the two of them comparably defensively and Bryce Harper in 60 plus games is an upgrade defensively to what Reese Hoskins would give you. Yeah, probably is. Um, your heart of hearts. He comes back. You think, you think they, they move on. So, again, just thinking like nostalgically and I've always liked Reese. I've always, again, just like Nola, you know, Reese gets a lot of crap too. Um, I've always liked Reese, but unless he's willing to take like a one year, like try it out deal, I I don't see sign. There's no point in signing him long-term. You just don't know how he's going to recover from that injury. Um, He's another, he's another home run or strikeout type guy, which I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like, one, one through we six got, of we those got a guys. Lot of those yeah, we, we don't need one more of those. I don't think. Um, I feel bad saying it, but I, like if 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 Bryce is cool playing first base, you go get a you need you, they need another right handed bat, and that's apparent um, to replace Reese. But uh, yeah, I don't. I, I just don't see a fit for him if if that's the case. Um, There's just I wish him the, the best. The way that, but, yeah, the way that this roster shook out this year, there, there's just no spots. There's nothing mm-hmm. left in terms of space, you're, you're just out of space. You're, you're yeah. out of guys because you have a pile of guys that all do the same thing. Like mm-hmm. you need, you need to put yourself in a position to mix it up a little. Yeah. A um, lot of people I see on Twitter are saying, you know, put Harper in right field and trade Cassianos and then resign Reese. That's all well and good, but Cassianos still has like $60 million left on his deal. Not going to get a huge haul back in terms of uh trade value there. So, I mean, it's, played, I think, I mean, as much That's crap great. as people want to give him, he played really well defensively. It's, I won't. Yeah, exactly. It's it's. I think so much of it is spur of the moment, and people just thinking like, "Oh, I like Reese. I want. I don't want that to be the way Reese's career as a Philly ends." And unfortunately, it's the nature of the beast, right? It's what the game is. It's a business as much as it is. Yeah, you grow attached to these players, but you know, it, and that it, and it is. Uh, what it is. I, I think a lot of people. They, a lot of people let their emotions get tied into mm-hmm. it right they, oh. they know how important he was in, in this franchise over the course of the, the run last year right has mm-hmm. the epic bat spike like the so a lot of people are tied to that emotionally but you, you can't let the things of the past play into the to how you plan for the future you've got to be able if you're going to build this roster to 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 get back to this point to play for a pennant next year um I don't think that he's a part of it. I don't think that that's something that he gets to, you know, he'll, he'll move on and no ill, no ill will. Um, But listen, we've got a lot of time in the off season. 
to you know we'll have i'm sure at some point we'll we'll, we'll reconvene for some hot stove um, oh, yeah absolutely that arbitration stuff there's there's plenty it's I was gonna say, off season's always cooking so so yeah you know, you're gonna have some arbitration eligible guys you know we'll talk at some point we'll talk about you know jeff hoffman ranger suarez gregory soto jake cave edmundo soso uh Bohm, Stubbs, and Covey are all guys that are, you know, they're arbitration eligible guys. I'm sure that you know some of those guys will get non-tendered. Some of those guys will get, you know, some kind of settlement with the team and, and come back on arbitration deals. But there's a lot, there's a lot to be excited about. Um, it just this one fucking hurts. It just hurts. Yeah. It hurts real bad. Um final thoughts. Final thoughts. You're right. It, it it hurts, but you know, and, and I think the big the, the the biggest thing is that the world that first pitch is in what two and a half hours. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm still gonna watch it. Uh, I'm still gonna watch the World Series. Probably. I just love baseball so much. It is what it is. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna sting. But you know, February isn't realistically all that far away. I'm really looking forward to see what they do this off season because the team is still really good. I, like. That's what I think everyone just needs to keep telling themselves, right? It's it's one down year, or not even a down year. It was a good year, but uh, you know, there's it, it, down series, I guess, and there there's a chance they could be right back here next year. As much yeah. as I don't like, as much as I don't like the guy, Howard Eskin made a good point in the beginning of the season. He said that it's really hard to make the World Series two years in a row. They're better off. They're 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 more likely to win it in 2024 or 2025. And I tended to agree with them at the time. And I'm like, wow, yeah, that, yeah, that is true. It's really hard to do it. And I think I'm actually still agreeing with them. I think that might be the first time I've ever agreed with Eskin on anything. But um, it's uh, it's one of those things where looking back, they, there's a, they're, all they're going to do this offseason is make their club better. And yeah. if they were one win away this year, that, you know, by doing that, that's all that that might be all they need. So, you know, it's again, it just sucks that it's so long. It's it sucks we have to wait another year to be in this exact position, yeah. hopefully. Um, but that's yeah, so is baseball. Yeah, it's uh th- th- this is just not a not a fun spot to be in, but I think, you know, it, it's going to sting, right? We got a lot of time to let stuff digest that that offseason to see how the roster gets reconstructed, you know, to see the team that they're going to bring the clear water. It's going to be similar. There's not going to be a lot of changes. You're going to see a lot of changes on the fringes. Um, but Eric, I'm, I'm actually, I'm on the opposite end. I love baseball, but I, it, the, the, the Rangers diamondback series is like a eh, matchup for me. Um, and I really think that, you know, the, the way that the Rangers are playing and the way that, that, the guy that they got hitting in the middle of that lineup, who's just crushing monster shots, pit, like like at bat after at bat, um, but you know, to me it's just too close. It stings a little bit too much. Um, I'll probably check in on it, but I won't be like dialed into it. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not gonna. Yes, I'm not gonna be like I would for the Phillies, but um, no, especially like tonight going out to dinner. If I get home in time, I'll flip. I'll flip it on and watch the end. Right. Um, yeah, so no, Harry. Listen, my final thought shout out to the guys at the Fired Up Sports Network. Um, I successfully managed to 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 last long enough to end the survivor pool. Um, so I got my I gotta give a shout out to Mike and 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 Dom and Chris. They sent over the the new the new logo t shirt, which is 
uh, a great thing for the network. So you'll go over there, check out the, the, the merch and go check out the, the stuff that they got. Um, just really happy to be a part of, of, of a network that kind of focuses on, on, on just covering local stuff really well. So um, with that, Eric, it was the, the funeral was, was, well, it's, it's going to end. It was successful yeah. in terms of uh, putting a bow on this, on this season. So yeah. with that, Eric, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch base over the summer or over the summer. Jesus Christ. Touch brace over the winter, a little hot stove action. We'll, we'll reconvene at some point, but uh, go Phils. Till then, go Phils. This is the Broad Street Line, where Philly sports fans leave all of their sports hot takes. Call 2674053062 and show us your passion for Philly sports. Don't forget to tune in every Wednesday at 8.30 when we listen to your live reactions to the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. Baseball!